Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. We're in week two of our series called Anchored, and uh, hopefully next week we'll have a screen back here. But until then, why don't you turn to or click to uh, 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 13, verse 13. And if you have the capability, turn to two places, Proverbs 13, verse 12, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, and Proverbs 13, 12, and we're going to dive in to the Word. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 is our theme scripture on this series. It says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, we're gathered here tonight. We're here together, Lord, just to receive from you. Lord, I pray right now that you would just supernaturally impart hope into our lives. Lord, let us be more hopeful than we've ever been before. Let us get a true biblical meaning of what it what hope is. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are faithful to speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yeah, I got a little sidetracked to think about it. You know, my greatest fear growing up in church always was to drop the communion. As it comes down to drop that little thing, that, is, that would have been like the worst thing. I'm, always, I'm still to this day very conscious of like, do not drop this. Because that would be quite embarrassing. I've actually never... Yeah, they come, yeah. But well, no, it goes down the pews. I've never actually seen anyone drop it before. Anybody ever seen someone drop the communion? I think that would be a, a bad sign somehow. Like, you drop, drop the communion. Yikes. Okay, sorry for distracting y'all. I was distracted. So we're continuing in our series called Anchored. Uh, last week we talked about being anchored in faith. And uh, anyone want to guess what we're going to talk about tonight? Hope, hope, and uh, t- the title of tonight's message is Anchored in Hope, Anchored in Hope, and my goal tonight is to bring hope to you. I actually felt encouraged uh, and got some hope, so tonight I'm going to try to channel my inner Joel Osteen the best that I can and try to encourage you, try to bring some hope to you tonight, but it's important that we define what hope really is. And what hope really isn't. What hope really is and what hope really isn't. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is not wishful thinking. You may have heard people say, you know, like, I I, I hope so. Or, uh, which is really saying it's a long shot, but, you know, I, I, I sure do hope it happens. Hope has great value and purpose for a Christian. It's a mindset of expectancy. It's a mindset of expectancy. Hope says, I don't see it yet, but I know it's coming. It's a confidence in what God has promised us will actually come to pass. So really, tonight is a continuation of last week because faith and hope Go hand in hand. And so we're going to talk about being anchored in hope. Being anchored in hope. 
That Joel Osteen comments really got JP kind of kind of tickled a little bit. He want, he really wants me to say, "This is my Bible. I can do what it says I can do." God bless you. I just did that just for you. I put that in here. I knew I was going to do that. So what helps us to be angry? I'm just trying to have some fun. Y'all just feel a little stiff tonight. Okay. You're awake. What helps us to be anchored in hope? I think all of us want to be anchored in hope because the Bible says that three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. These three things are eternal. These three things are what keeps us stable as a Christian. Our faith and our hope. It gives us confidence. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about how to get anchored in hope. What helps us to be anchored in hope? Number one, recognize who the source of hope is. Recognize who the source of hope is. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't be filled or you can't be anchored in hope until you understand or until you know where the source of hope is. You have to know where the source of hope comes from. And obviously, we know that God is the source of hope. But sometimes we seem to forget it. Sometimes we really, and I really want you to get this, if you don't get anything from tonight, get this, is that hope is not wishful thinking. That's the world's definition or form of hope. It's like, man, I hope it's happened. I've said it many times of just, man, I, I sure hope this comes to pass, but in reality, I'm, you're thinking it's probably not going to happen. Hope comes from God, and until you know that the source of hope is God, you really won't walk or you really won't live a life filled with hope. God is the one that brings us true hope. I mean, you're talking about mission trips. We've gone to all these different countries in Central America, and you can see that they don't, they don't really have anything at all. But yet they have an attitude of such a great, just, they're, they're really just have an incredible attitude and outlook on life and somehow are very, very hopeful. Why? Because they realize the source of hope. It comes from God. God is the source of our hope. So once you recognize that God is the source of hope and you recognize where hope comes from, the second thing that you need to do is obviously put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. Psalm chapter 39, verse 7 says, And so, and so, Lord, where do I put my hope? I have hope. Where do I put it? My hope only comes from you. My, ho- my only hope is in you. My only hope is in you. Psalm chapter 43, verse 5 says, Why am I discouraged? You ever felt like that? You ever have felt almost discouraged, or another word for it is depressed, but really can't identify why? 
Things may be going well in your life, but you just have the emotion or the feeling of discouragement. The psalmist felt that. He said, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Sometimes we feel, why am I discouraged? Why do I not have any hope? What's going on? And you realize that because my hope comes from God, I will praise Him again and I will go back to the source. And it's a progression. You obviously have to realize that hope comes from God. Once you realize that it comes from God, just like anything else, then you put your hope in God. It's a different form of hope because I can let you down. I can tell you, hey, I'll be here. Let's go. Let's make plans. Here's what I'm going to do. We'll meet up together. We'll do this. Something could happen. I could get in a wreck on the way there. I could, my, whatever. Something bad could happen or I could just bail on you. You, I could, I could put, you can't put hope in a person, but God is a God that you can always put hope in. You can take it to the bank and what he says will happen. So it's easier said, okay, put your hope in God, but how do you actually do that? How do you actually put your hope in God? Number one, by trusting Him. By trusting Him. Romans fifteen thirteen says, I pray that the God, going back, I pray that the God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Because you trust in Him. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 says, So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who fled for refuge might have a strong encouragement to hold fast to, to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as sure as a and as sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into an inner place behind the curtain. You can't have really a good relationship with any person. Just talking about people, you can't have a good relationship with any person without having some form of trust, right? You can have some surface level relationships with people that you don't trust, but you can't have a really deep, meaningful relationship with a person that you ultimately don't trust them. It's the same thing with God. In Hebrews, it's talking about entering in behind the curtain. What it's talking about is the, the you know, we've talked about it before, the temple where there was the holies, uh, holies and how there was, before Jesus died on the cross, there was a curtain or a veil that separated regular people from, pe- uh, from priests to enter into the presence of God. But we enter into a relationship with God through trust, through trusting Him and having a confidence that what Hebrews says is true, that there is something that God cannot do. Did you realize that? There are two things that God cannot do. We, we say that God can do anything, but there are actually two things that God cannot do. The first thing that God cannot do is God cannot change. God cannot change. It's impossible. Because for Him to change, that means He would have to get better whenever He's already best. You can't get better than best. God is already best. He cannot change. The second thing that God cannot do is God cannot lie. If God was able to lie, 
everything that we see and know as reality would fade away. Because God spoke into existence everything that we see. So if the character of God could lie, then everything that we see, everything that we hold so dear to us would just be would just fade away. But God in his ultimate character cannot lie. And so the essence of God is truth. And so whenever we come to him and realize that he is a God that cannot change, he is a God that cannot lie. We realize that you can trust in him. You ever met somebody that's just brutally honest? Like, some, like, like you can appreciate it a little bit. I have some friends that are just brutally honest, and it's like that's a little bit too honest, but they're very honest. But you always know where they stand, and you always know that you can trust that person, and you can always ask that person what they think because why they're trustworthy. How much more is God that He is trustworthy? And what that does for us is it brings security in our relationship so we take this trust that we have and we place it in him by doing that that produces hope in our lives because we can we can have hope in him because we can trust him the second thing that helps us the second thing that helps us as we put hope in God how do we put hope in God the second thing is by anchoring yourself in his word by anchoring yourself in His Word. Psalms 119, verse 81 says, I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your Word. Psalms 119, 114 says, You are my refuge and my shield. Your Word is, the source, is my source of hope. How do we put hope in God? Number one, we trust in God. Number two, we anchor ourselves to God through His Word. God's Word, is, it's written, it's alive, it's amazing that there's so many things that God can give us and speak to us through His Word. And I love, I love reading God's Word because you can always see something different in you. you can, God will always show you something about himself or something about you or give you some revelation that you've never really thought of before. And that's why it's so important to be in God's word on a continual basis, because when we anchor ourselves in God's word, even whenever we're wondering, man, this this hasn't happened yet. Why is it? We realize that God's word is also the source of hope. That's what causes us to be anchored in hope or anchored to him because His Word is unfailing and cannot fail us. So what helps us to be anchored in hope? Number one, we recognize who the source of hope is. Number two, once we recognize who the source of hope is, we take that hope and we place it into the source. Think of it as just like a, an outlet right there. That outlet, it's good to know, okay, that's the source of power, but until you plug into it, it's really of no use to you. It's great that you've identified where the power is coming from, but until you tap into that source, it's not going to help you. You can realize where hope comes from. Okay, it comes from God. Yeah, well, then you've got to plug into God. Once you plug into God to be anchored in hope, what keeps you anchored in hope, what helps you to continue to live a hope-filled life is number three, be hopeful for the future. Be hopeful for the future. You know, so many people, um, 
especially especially in our generation, you know, a, a lot of the older generation are just news junkies and and love to watch the news and it's always doom and gloom. You notice that? It's like, man, I I guess the world's going to end tomorrow with according to what Fox News is saying, you know, my grandpa's all into it and oil prices and you know all this stuff and what it does is it strikes fear in a generation. It it kind of breaks hope of the future. It makes us worried about what the future is. But the truth is you genuinely and truthfully can be hopeful for your future. You can be hopeful for your future. Jeremiah 29:11, a very quoted scripture says for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. The reason that so many people don't, aren't hopeful for the future is because their future is wrapped up in this world and carnal things that fade away. But to look at it, you've got to look at your future through God's perspective. Through the way God sees your future. You see, even if one day this world really will end, but for Christians, we don't have wishful thinking of, man, I sure hope that I can get to 65 and everything is lined up and I can just retire and then die. As so many people live their life for that. The moment you, you we've, you know, you ever, you ever heard of the, um, I think it was the Bernie uh, Madoff scam? You ever heard about, it might have been, it was a few years back. And basically, there's this guy who was a financial advisor. And what he did, he was well known. And he, had, he controlled stocks and things like that. People's retirement. Well, what he was doing is he was scamming people. And he was taking their retirement that they're investing in. And he was using it in other things and using it even for himself. And one day... They were actually getting returns, but at some point it came to an end and realized that their retirement that they thought they had was gone. And all these people that had worked all their life, all their goal was was retirement, had crashed and burned. It was a terrible, terrible thing. And you saw so many people actually committed suicide and, and just had no reason to live because their hope was placed in their retirement stock. That was all that they lived for. They had worked all their life to save enough to where they could live and do whatever they want. Which is nothing wrong with that. I, I hope to be retired one day too, but that's not where my ultimate hope is. Your hope can't be in your future and what's going to happen for your future here on earth. Your future, if whenever we talked about placing your hope in the source, your source is God and He is eternal and everything's going just fine in heaven. And if your future is eternal minded, then your future is just fine. Proverbs 23 verse 18 says, surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Romans chapter 8 verse 24 says, we were given this hope when we were saved. We already have something we do. We don't if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must patiently, we must wait patiently and confidently. What he was talking about was heaven. Our future, whenever we got born again and got saved, we got more hope or should have gotten more hope than we've ever gotten before. 
And the truth is that sometimes things don't work out for us exactly the way we had wished for or, or hoped for, so to speak. But whenever we come back to the reality of that our future is just fine because our future is heaven, everything will be just fine. That's what develops greater hope. Because even whenever you have the worst of days, things will get better. Either on this side or the next side. That's what causes such deep depression for people is they can't see hope. They can't see beyond their natural circumstance. All they see is where they're at. All they see is the mess that they're in, either created by themselves or someone else. And the truth is, there is something behind that. And more than likely, there's something, most times for Christians, God, God's going to work it out. God's going to move it and shape it. And either you will overcome your circumstances or your circumstances will either change or you'll change. But God is a God that brings us hope in our future whenever we look at it through His eyes. So to be anchored in hope, we recognize where the source comes. We tap into the source that's God. And then we realize that we can be hopeful for the future. And the rest of the time that we have, is really this is really where I wanted to get to. Some of you, you might be at a place where you're not, you don't have hope. Your circumstances are maybe not that great. But tonight, I want to show you how to either obtain hope or how to have your hope restored. How to have your hope restored. Proverbs 13, 12. We're going to be closing with this in just a little bit. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. You ever hope for something? Really felt confident for something that it was going to come and it didn't come? You ever been crushed by hope before? But the truth is, Miss Tanya gave an I thought an amazing word if you're here Sunday morning about hope. And said, you know, she was saying that how the Lord was showing her that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but hope realized heals the heart. And some of us need to realize that we have hope again. You have hope again. Your hope is in is in God, not in your circumstances, not in what what's around you, but your hope is placed in God. And whenever we place our hope in God, we can ultimately have hope. I want to close with a story that's found in the Bible. We can we can get some worship team up here as we just wrap up with this. It's found in Lamentations uh, chapter 3. And you know, uh, the, the, the author of Lamentations was actually Jeremiah. And you know that, um, you know, it's famous in Daniel how the Babylonians came and, and uh, you know, captured uh, Jerusalem. But uh, it, this actually began to transpa- transpire in Lamentations. And so Jeremiah was writing... And uh, was seeing, you know, he, his homeland was being captured by the Babylonians and, and all kinds of just devastation was happening. Put yourself in Jeremiah's position. Put yourself where Jeremiah was at. Think about you live in America and imagine another country comes and is taking over America and is, 
you know, causing all kinds of devastation, causing your family to be uprooted or whatnot. And Jeremiah writes in, in uh, Lamentations 3, verse 19, says, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in Him. Jeremiah was saying that last part of it is so significant. He said, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. What he was saying is, there is no inheritance for me naturally. There's no materials for me to have. His homeland was being captured by another country. He was at a place where he, he had no home. He had really nothing in this world to call his own. But he comes and realizes that his hope is in God. He's his source. He said, I will put my hope in you, which comes from you, and you are my inheritance. Whenever we realize that all I need is God, all I want is God, and whenever we have the the blessing of his presence, the blessing of his word, the blessing of a future that we can have a great future here and a great future beyond, it causes us to be hopeful, causes us to be hopeful. Let's stand together and close in prayer. You know, I want to go back to just where we started in defining hope and defining what hope is not. We know that hope is not just wishful thinking. We know that the ultimate to be anchored in hope, we must be anchored or have our hope anchored in God. Tonight, some of you, you you may be at a place where you feel a little bit hopeless. You don't have as much hope as you had. Tonight, I just want to pray for you to either obtain hope or to have your hope restored tonight. Father, I pray for every single person in this place. Lord, I pray for those that have maybe had dreams crushed. Lord, maybe had people that have disappointed them. Lord, I thank you that you are a faithful God. And Lord, that you, your mercies begin new every single day. Lord, I pray right now that you would just begin to restore hope in our hearts. Lord, that we can have a a true realization of what it means to hope in you. Lord, we desire to be anchored in you. We desire to be anchored in your hope that you give to us. And so tonight, I pray for every single student here. I pray, Lord, that you would help them to trust you. I pray, God, that you would show them how trustworthy you are and how faithful you are to us. Lord, I thank you for touching every single life tonight. I thank you for moving in us, God, and through us. Lord, I thank you, Father, for healing our hearts all over again tonight, God. Thank you, Father, for restoring hope inside of us tonight. 
Thank you, God, that we are anchored in hope. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.